All right, let's get into it. Episode two of the Deseret MMA podcast. I am your host, Garrett Kimball, and I am accompanied by my partner, Kobe Mooney. What's up? Sunday, post UFC 279. This is a good one. It was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. It was a fun Saturday. Um, we had a couple of the boys over to watch the fights yesterday. Um, we missed out on, on Papa Neg. Give Trey a shout out. For we needed him. Um, before we get started here, we noticed the feedback about how rock hard Bob's nipples were in the background and that it was distracting to people. So we put a shirt on him because those nipples could have pierced glass. He's all iced up now. He's looking sharp. He's looking spiffy. He is. It was a good fight card. Um, KOs. A lot of decisions, too. It was a big card. Started at four here local. Lots of drama with this fight. There was catchweights all over this card. One, two, three, four. Four catchweights. Three of them being on the main card. It's kind of a shit show. It was. Um, I joined the press conference like I do every single Thursday. And I was on the live waiting for it to start, and then it just wasn't starting. And then they brought out Kevin Holland and D-Rod, and they talked. And then poor Lee Jing Liang, so excited for the press conference. He had his nice suit on. He's been taking English classes for this press conference. About cried when he found out. Yeah, it was a sad one. But they switched. I guess we get into the drama of it all. When we covered this card last week, it's not the car- same card that fought yesterday. No, not at all. They ended up taking. So there was some, there was some backstage stuff going on at the press conference, with Kevin Holland and Kamzat Chimaev, and then again with Nate Diaz and Kamzat Chimaev and Nate Diaz ruined that rolled in there with a big pack. Yeah, started, like fifty people or more. And then Kamzat rolled in there with like twenty something people, yeah. and it started off with with. I, I heard that Chimaev walked up and front kicked Kevin Holland in the chest. And that's kind of how that started. I've only seen one clip I haven't seen of that any. even scuffle. I've only just seen one clip of all of it. And within the embedded cameras, I've seen people see, or I've seen people say that with all these cameras, why is there no footage of this? Like when the Conor McGregor stuff went down, when he threw the dolly through the bus window, there's cameras all over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd think there'd be more footage than there is. But so I guess they got into it. I know Lee Lee Jing Liang was there backstage and he was like trying to break everything up and try to calm it down. Um they were gonna do everyone in just pairs at the press conference and then after Kevin Holland D Rod, something else went down back there. I know there's water bottles being thrown and they just ha- canceled the entire press conference. And then from what I the UFC's kind of put out is that um, Kamzat called the doctor early Friday morning and was sick and the doctor said that he, w- he was too sick to continue cutting weight and so I don't know how all the cards fell together I think there was some inside information I don't know but so Nate Diaz makes weight at 170 and then Tony Ferguson does it as well and then they tell Chimaev he can't cut weight and they end up switching all three of those 
the, the main event, the co-main, mm-hmm. and the third fight's opponents completely up. They ended up moving D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez, to fight Kevin Hall, or to fight Li Jingliang at a catch weight of 180, which is 10 pounds heavier than what he was going to fight at. And then Kevin Holland was supposed to fight at welterweight, and he ended up not having to cut weight, weighed in at 179 at a catch weight of 180. And then Tony and Nate made weight and fought at welterweight for the main event. Kevin Holland, I saw this morning, he posted a thing on Instagram, and I don't know if he's trolling because he does troll a lot. But he said that they five weeks before the fight camp, Nate Diaz reached out to him and said that this is what was going to happen. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so I don't know if he was trolling. Maybe maybe the whole thing was a big setup. A big setup. Like a I've seen, setup. There's so much shit everywhere of just people saying that this is set up. This was 100% I set have up. seen a report of Kamzat being at a restaurant the night before weigh-ins. And when he got on the scale, he was like, that's not bad, and then flipped off. Because, like, the reporters were kind of uh-huh. like, <gasps> when they announced that he was nine pounds over. Yeah. He he knew he was overweight, did it on purpose, 100%. I don't, I don't know if the doctor thing's real. I don't know what went on. I, don't, I would like to think that this wasn't, like, a setup that the UFC was going to do this, where they tell and market this fight, like the main event, Nate Diaz and Hamza Chemaev and then switch it up last second on purpose. I think that's... I mean, the new card oh, did yeah. kind of make more sense. No, this it did make more sense. And, and as a fan, I was more excited to see th- this card than, than the Nate Diaz and Kamzat fight. Yeah. I just can't think that the UFC is pulling some shit like that. You never know. You never know. But, yeah, it was a good... We can start kind of towards the bottom. Some fights that set out to me... I'm Chris Barnett, second person in UFC history to miss weight at heavyweight. He missed it by two and a half pounds. Um, he ended, he lost that first round. He was getting beat up. He couldn't even open his eye at all. Yeah, I think the doctor almost was just uh-huh. about to call it. I think he was close. But ended up getting taught. Jake Collier shot a takedown on him in the second round. and it, he Both men were just gassed. He just didn't have that takedown. And Barnett just spun around to his back, and that was the end of it. Ended up getting a TKO there. Mm-hmm. Elise Reed looked good, especially in that first round. Um, Jamie Pickett lost again. I guess one that, um, I guess we go to the main card. We can start off just right off the bat with Johnny Walker versus Ion Tukutalaba. This is a good one. Johnny Walker, I'll pull up his stats here. His last couple of fights, yeah, it's been rocky. He, he was really good, and then he lost to Corey. He was undefeated. Oh, no, he wasn't. That's my bad. He wasn't. He's been fighting for a long time, actually. I didn't know he fought for that long. But he's been in the UFC for a little bit now since 2018. He's fought a lot of good guys. Tiago Santos, Jamal Hill knocked him out in his last fight. But Jamal Hill's the real deal. I mean, Jamal, mm-hmm. I mean, he's fighting killers. This light heavyweight division is really, it's starting to get really good again. But he ended up getting the submission. Those With the rear naked yeah, choke. Those foot stomps, toe stomps that Kutalaba was throwing were nasty. And then yeah. we, so one of us said something about him. Then right after that, Johnny Walker just picks him up and slams him, <laughs> slams him on his face. Yeah. That was a good one. And then it goes into the Irene Aldana versus Macy Chias. And this one was a, was a good one. Yeah, I was, this was a good fight. I had it 1-1 going into the third round. 
and then Macy was kind of getting top control and she had and then Aldana was on her back and Aldana throws an up kick to the liver and just completely dropped Chiasin. First ever first TKO with a up kick to the liver. To to the body, yeah. It's a first ever. That was a pretty good fight. Yeah, that was a good fight. And then we move on to the one of the catchweights here. Um Li Jing Liang versus Daniel Rodriguez. D Rod. I thought Li Jing Liang won, but it was so close of a fight. I mean, there was only seventy eight strikes or seventy eight strikes to eighty nine strikes. And D Rod did land more strikes. More to the head for sure. More most of Li Jing Liang's strikes were leg kicks. No boys had control. Or I guess Jing Liang had two seconds with one takedown, but obviously D Rod got back up. Yeah, that was a good one. 28-29, We move on to the co-main event. My boy Kevin Holland versus Kamjat, Kamzat Chaumayev. <laughs> I gotta take a drink before this one. Kevin Holland didn't throw one strike. He didn't get the chance to throw one strike. Jemayev threw two strikes, landing one, and this is including ground and pound. There was none. I don't even know if... I think he just come out and shot. He, he went for a takedown while Holland was trying to touch gloves. I need to rewatch it. I just... I love Kevin Holland, but... I mean, like he said, it was a bad matchup for him. Mm-hmm. But I think he wanted to go in there and put hands on this gangster, Kamzat. And I, I don't think Kamzat wanted really anything to do on the feet. I think he just wanted to take advantage of his wrestling game on him, take him down and get a submission. That's what he did. I mean, no ground and pound strikes. It was just submission after submission mm-hmm. after submission until he finally got him in that Dars. I don't know what you do with Chemayev now, his first main event, he gets the press conference canceled and then misses weight by nine pounds. Yeah, I don't I don't know. People are wanting him to go to the title fight, like his next fight would be a title fight. I don't, I don't know if he's quite there yet. I think he needs one more. Probably. I would love to see Colby Covington and Kamzat Chemayev. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. That would be so one would hell help. of a fight. And that the winner of that fight, the winner of Leon and Edwards yeah. three. Yeah. That's what's got to happen. I don't know what else you do. Maybe he fights back up at middleweight no. while he waits, but I I think Dana said he wants him at welterweight. Yeah. And there's no way the the next title fight isn't that rematch. Mm-hmm. That's, That's for sure the next fight there. 100%. Usman will fight Leon. Yeah. And it'll be in London, I'm guessing, around March or April of 2023. Yeah, most likely. Well, now we're on to the main event. Um, Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson coming back to welterweight, and I can't remember how long. I think he was on the Ultimate Fighter as a welterweight and then like just jumped straight into lightweight. He's been very vocal about coming to welterweight. Yeah, he says it's where he hangs his hat. Yeah. Calls it home. It was an entertaining fight. Tony's leg was oh, yeah. destroyed. Just leaking blood. I don't think an off a checked kick. You check when you check a kick, it really hurts the person that throws it. It's like a strike. 
It's like a strike. Mm-hmm. That's what Sean O'Malley always said. Is he said during that Peter fight, or that Pedro fight? Sorry. He's like all those should have been counted as strikes because he checked all of them. But yeah, I mean it was a good fight. It was kind of weird. Nate Diaz was kind of doing some shit where he he was like walking around. He's like he's like nah. Yeah. Like, almost he's, like he's like nah. He was I'm not doing fighting. his Nate I'm Diaz done. stuff. Yeah, he was doing his Nate Diaz shit. He's doing the same stuff Tony, in his fight Tony, against. They both both men respected each other so much that like when this was going on, Tony didn't go in there and like push on him and like try to punch him or get a kick or anything. He was just kind of like, all right, what the fuck, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> But that was a good one. Ends up Nate Diaz, or Tony Ferguson shoots a shot after getting touched up with a couple of hooks, and Nate Diaz jumps guillotine right off the bat and gets a submission to ride off into the sunset away from the UFC. It was a good fight. A fight that probably should have happened earlier. It should have happened much earlier yeah. in, their, in their careers when when Nate was a little bit fresher and younger, and same with Tony as well. But I mean, I mean, Tony said in his post fight interview that he doesn't feel like he loses. Which I mean, he does lose, but he just feels like he's getting better and better still with every loss, and so he's like, I think he's five losses in a row, five or six. Five losses, losses in a row. Uh, Let me look. Something like that. He did say in the, like in an interview that he was just getting going again, though. Yeah, he said he felt so motivated. Look. He started going to train at Jet with Jackson Wink, I think. There in uh, New Mexico, I believe, and he's usually a guy that's just always trained from home. He doesn't go to these big camps. But he was supposed to fight Li Jing Liang, which would have set him up to like kind of know where he's at in the welterweight division. But also Nate Diaz did win the last minute of his fight against Leon Edwards. Almost had him out of there in the last minute. Mm. Um, with that last loss, um, Tony Ferguson is sitting up five losses in a row. He's been fighting a lot recently, so he wants to. I think he said he wants to get back in there quick again. Maybe January or February, we can see Tony back. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good night of fights. Yeah. We sure had a good time watching the fights. Oh yeah. Old boy wanted to test me a little bit, a couple times throughout the night. You got nothing on me, bro. <laughs> Well, I guess we can talk about what's going on in the UFC this next weekend. Um, Corey Sanhagen fighting Song Yudong. This is a good matchup in Bantamweight. I really like Song Yudong. Go here. Yeah, Corey Sanhagen's ranked fourth. Song Yudong is your Song Yudong is tenth. I just don't know if Song Yudong can take on a rangey really creative and great striker like Corey Sandhagen. But I really like Song. He's good. He pressures. He's a he's a pressure or a pressure fighter. He's always kind of pushing the pace. Yeah, so I think I would my pick for that. I'm gonna have to go with Corey Sandhagen. And then it says Sadiq Yusuf and then opponent to be announced. I don't know if I've missed that somewhere or if someone pulled out. I don't know about that. Um, Andre Feely is fighting. Coming off a lot. A couple losses trying to bounce back. 
Joe Pfeiffer fights. He's he was on the first week of this season's Dana White Contender Series. He got a contract. Yeah, he was the only one that got a contract that night out of all the winners. And then Dana was like, "If you want a contract, be like Joe Pfeiffer." So is this his first fight? It's UFC. Yep. UFC debut. UFC debut. This weekend, September seventeenth. Who else is fighting this night? Trevin Giles, back-to-back losses. Marlon Marais, or Morales. Duplessis. Duplessis is a beast. Duplessis is fighting someone. Darren Till. That's going to be a good fight. Aspen Lance. Aspen Ladd fights this next weekend. Speaking of Aspen Ladd, not to keep jumping back to, to yesterday's card, but Aspen Ladd passed out on the scale, and they were like, yeah, let's keep, let's, you're good to fight. Really? But Chimaev got told to quit cutting, got told to quit cutting weight because he was sick. Yeah. I don't know about that. Especially because he was seen at a restaurant the day before, and Definitely, it's definitely something fishy going on with what happened. Against Sarah McMahon, it's a good fight. Jillian Robertson fights. That was September's pay per view. That's the following weekend. Let's see what's what's coming up. Then we take a break. After this next weekend, we take a break. We come back. Mackenzie Dern on October 1st. Cody Garbrandt's got a fight that night. That's it, Bantamweight, not back at Flyweight. Interesting that he didn't stay down at Flyweight. He was talking about becoming a double champ not that long ago. Talking about going down, beating Figgy for the belt, and then going back up the bantamweight to become double champ. Excited for UFC 280. It's a yeah, big it's, one. It's going to be a huge one. Don't want to talk too much about it, but Charles Dubronx, Oliveira, Islam Makachev, Aljamain Sterling, TJ Pillaroids, Peter Yan, Sean O'Malley. Just like a wet dream for me, this <laughs> card. Bilal Muhammad, Sean Brady, Kaitlyn Chukagian, Daniel Darius versus Tezis Gamrot, Volkanoz Demir versus Nikita Krylov. That's a fucking good fight. That's a stacked card. I think that might be the card of the year. 280? 280. But I don't know. 281 280, is yeah, pretty stacked up I just too. Looked, I just pulled 281 and it's stacked. Dude, I didn't know, they got, I didn't know Dominic Reyes' fight was on that too. Justin Poirier, Chandler, Zangui Lee, Carlos Sparza, Izzy, Alex Pereira, Molly McCann, Dan Hooker, Brad Riddell, Renato Moicano. I really like Renato. Matt Favola. Carlos Oberg. I don't know. I think that's a hell of a card too. Two title fights on that card. 
two title fights on that card. Two title fights on the Oliveira card oh. as well. I don't know, we'll have to talk about that more when the time comes. What about the Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva in October, bro? The thing about this fight, or boxing match, is that Anderson Silva is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, fighter of all time in mixed martial arts. He's come to boxing, and I think he's undefeated in boxing. I could be wrong, but I think he is undefeated. But if Jake beats him, this is supposed to be the one that's like, all right, I'm the real deal. I'm actually good, right? But then there's already the built-in. Well, I don't know. Look up how old Anderson Silva is. He's pretty old. He's getting up there. I don't want to say he's old. Forty-seven years old. I think Jake's what twenty-five, twenty-six, something like that. Yeah, he's not that old. Yeah, so there is that built-in excuse. I don't think anyone's ever going to take Jake Paul super seriously. Not until he fights a real boxer. And I think even yeah. with the Tommy Fury fight, that wasn't going to really do nothing for him either. And I, th- I know that there's real boxers in these promotions that are ranked that want that would let him fight them. But he's For all about. Sure. He's very smart in his approach to all these fights. He's 25. No, allegedly, there's going to be a Nate Diaz Jake Paul fight. That's, that's what Nate. The thing is, is Jake fights up there in weight i don't think he's ever fought under 185 and i think 185 was for the first woodley fight a cruiserweight cruiserweight i don't know what nate walks around at he's not a real big guy kind of got the he's rocking the dad bod hell of a fighter yeah he is a good fighter that'd be an interesting fight too but I also think that's one where if Jake wins, he doesn't get. That's still not one that proves. It's it. not one that's going to give him what he wants from the fans, that respect from this hardcore MMA side. Yeah, cruiserweights one seventy five, two hundred. One seventy. Okay. Yeah, and I know Anderson Silva's got some weight to him too. I think he fights. Those guys are built right to fight, though, Anderson Silva and Jake Paul. I mean, if this, I don't know. I'm excited. That's probably one I'll buy. I don't really buy those pay-per-views at all, but I'll probably buy the one with Anderson Silva on it. And Jake's doing a good thing for the sport. He's always extra paying all the fighters on his cards. He's bringing a lot of attention back to boxing, so you can't really hate him for that. Yeah, he is bringing it out, and... I just think people just don't like Jake Paul. Yeah, and I'm and I'm one of even those Logan guys. Paul got I'm, more respect yeah. than Jake does. I'm like kind of one of those guys more. though. I don't really care for Jake Paul, but I mean I respect what he's doing. But for me, I just want to see him fight someone like a real boxer. And I don't know anything about boxing, so I'm not gonna try to act like I do. But just to talk about it and be devil's advocate, I just think that he needs to fight someone ranked. 
And then it'll be like, all right, so we can show if he can fight someone that's top fifteen in the world is what they say that that shows where he's at. Mm-hmm. And if we should be taking him serious, like he wants to be taken serious. I don't think he cares that much about it being taken seriously. He's making money. He's making a lot of money. He's, fight, he's fighting money fights. Oh yeah, he's making a lot of money. What was your favorite fight? Yes, favorite fight. Mm-hmm. You know, probably Aldana. Jason fight. Yeah, that fight was good. One I probably enjoyed watching the most. I mean, I always love to watch Kevin Holland fight. But that fight really wasn't a fight. You love to watch him get wrestled. It was probably the Johnny, Johnny Walker fight. It was good to see him bounce back. I yeah. like Johnny Walker. Too. It's about Johnny Walker getting kicked out on the street. <laughs> still has his gloves on. I don't know if that's a real or not. I almost feel like he was just out there doing that. I don't know That's what I kind of thought too. Yeah. Or what, but like they probably rushed him away, and White then he, about it when he they went overboard him. and went up. Like, yeah. I think Comzat said that if he would have fought Nate Diaz, he'd be sitting in jail somewhere because he would have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Kevin Holland's trying to fight. Steven Thompson or Daniel Rodriguez. I like Wonder Boy, and I don't know who would win that matchup. Kevin Hall, it'd be karate versus kung fu. Everybody's kung fu he fighting. He says that everybody's kung fu fighting. Well, I guess that's all that there is to talk about in the MMA space this week. Um, well, thank you guys for watching so much. This is the number one Utah-based podcast in the world. I guess in Utah it would be. <laughs>